0: 2023 school board special meeting work session and budget work session number four to order. Ms. Goodell, could you please take the roll? Uh,
1: yes. Dr. Anderson? Yes. Dr.
0: Dimick Here. Ms. Downs? Here. Dr. Gould? Here. Dr. Ortiz? Here. Ms. Silverman? Here. And Ms. Tice? Here. Thank you. If you could join me in saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge My allegiance to the
1: flag of the
0: United States,
1: States of America. America
2: and to the republic
3: for which it stands, one nation, under
0: God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Before we move on to uh, the rest of our agenda, yesterday, March 27th, a mass shooting occurred at the Covenant School, a Presbyterian private school in the Green Hills neighborhood of Nashville, Tennessee. Six people were killed, as well as the perpetrator. Three children and three staff members were the victims. I'd now like to ask you to join me in a moment of silence. Thank you. We will keep those families affected and the whole Nashville community in our thoughts. All right, we're now at 1.04, adoption of the agenda. If I could have a motion to adopt the agenda.
3: Uh, I move to adopt the agenda as presented. Thank you,
0: Dr. Ortiz. May I have a second? Thank you, Vice Chair Gould. All those in favor say yes. 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 All those opposed say no. Thank you. Motion carries. We're now at 2.01, uh, second reading adoption of collective bargaining resolution. And before I send it over to Ms. Simmons, and I just, um, for the sake of the public watching, before we proceed with the discussion of the second reading, I want to take a minute to note that we had originally slated to vote on this re- resolution at our next meeting, but that isn't until April 18th. And since we've had numerous public discussions about this matter, and there were only minor changes to the resolution during the uh, first reading earlier this month, the board felt comfortable moving forward. Further, the board and the staff members of the collective bargaining committee agreed it is in the best interest of the schools and the staff to take action tonight, which gives everyone involved a bit more time to move forward since we're under a tight timeline to negotiate contracts in time for the FY25 budget. Though there is no public comment tonight, Ms. Mahoney, who served on the Collective Bargaining Committee, agreed it was in everyone's best interest to approve the resolution as soon as possible. And with that, I'll turn it over to Ms. Vinson.
4: Good evening and thank you. Um, As you all know, there were a few proposed changes from first reading on March 14th, um, proposed by Dr. Demick and Dr. Ortiz and supported by the board. Um, We did share these changes with the Collective Bargaining Committee and there were no questions or concerns, so the committee did not reconvene last week. And then, um, in reviewing the document, Council did notice a minor change on Section 8A on page 15. Um, So we made that change to keep the language consistent within the document. Um, There were no questions or objections to that change from um, anyone involved. So the um, resolution that is before the board tonight is one um, that's ready for final review. If there are any questions from the board, I'd be happy to answer them.
0: Any questions from anyone? Any comments from everyone before we have a motion? Okay, thank you. Um, Dr. Dimmick, could you please make
5: the motion? Chair, I move that the school board approve second reading and adoption
0: of the collective bargaining resolution as presented. Thank you, Dr. Dimick. May I have a second? Thank you, Ms. Silverman. All those in favor say yes. Yes. All those opposed say no. Thank you. Motion carries. I'd like, I would like—I would now like to thank the Collective Bargaining Committee for working on this and uh, on and off for almost a year now. I'd like to thank Pam Mahoney, Emily Donovan, Debbie Liang, Farrell Kelly, who represented the staff, Valerie Hardy, Krista Michael, who represented the administration, School Board Clerk Marty Goodell, who took meticulous notes that were shared with the staff and the school board, and Dr. Noonan for chairing the committee. Finally, I'd like to thank our attorney Ms. Trish Minson for the hundreds of hours that she worked on this resolution and school board member Dr. Susan Dimmick for her hard work and leadership. We would never have been able to reach this point without Ms. Minson and Dr. Dimmick, so thank you to your both. And thanks for those of you joining us in the audience uh, this evening. And we look forward to continuing our work together in betterment of the Falls Church City public school system. We're now at 2.02 VSBA Business Honor Roll Resolution. I'll turn it over to Dr. Noonan.
6: Thank you. I, I hear a shuffle, so we might let <laughs> some folks. Uh, now that the main business of the meeting is over. Oh. <laughs> Can we go, too? <laughs> Sorry, you have to stay. Um, Each and and Mary Beth Connolly is here uh, this evening as well in case there are questions. But each year, uh, Falls Church City Public Schools um, recognizes a number of businesses uh, for the Virginia School Boards Association business honor roll. And this year we were pleased to um, honor the biscuit factory and more architecture. Um, And tonight the resolution uh, is in place so that we can send that to the VSBA and then we plan to have a um, ceremony in May. Um, thanking them for their their service, so hopefully um, you all will pass this this uh, resolution.
0: Thank you, Dr. Noonan, and I uh, see that we also have um, some BIE um, Honor Partners awards. Just uh, naming those real quick: uh, Balanced Female Fitness, Integrity Auto and Tire. Um, Ryan and Wetmore, P.C. Actually, Mr. Wetmore came and visited us, uh, Vice Chair Gould, at one of our office hours. Great to see him on here. And our Booker of the Year, Harvey's Restaurant. So uh, just noting those two for our BIE spotlight there. Yes, Ms. Silverman.
7: I just wanted to say, as the liaison to the Business and Education Committee, there were so many impressive businesses that we had to review. And um, it was actually, you know, d- determining who should be awarded was was a tough feat.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. Just looking at the the uh, businesses noted, they're all very impressive and very involved in our community. OK, I'm going to read the, um, before we adopt the resolution, I'll go, I'm going to read it into the record. 2023 Virginia S- School Boards Association Business Honor Roll. Whereas public schools and local businesses are an integral part of this community, and whereas many local businesses play a crucial role in supporting our schools. And whereas the economic health of our community, state and nation depends on a strong public school system. And whereas collaboration between local public schools and local businesses strengthens schools and the business community alike by providing a well-trained and highly educated workforce. And whereas an excellent public school system is vital to the quality of life in this community and fundamental to preserving a strong democratic society now and in the future. Therefore, be it resolved that the Falls Church City School Board names 38 North, the Biscuit Factory, and more architecture and design to the 2023 Virginia School Boards Association Business Honor Roll, showing appreciation for their ongoing support of this community's public schools. Your work has aided this community in focusing on the goal of providing the best public schools we can for every child who attends them. If I could please have a motion to approve this resolution. Yes, Ms. Silverman. I move that
7: the school board approve and adopt resolution 05-23 VSBA business
0: honor roll as presented. Thank you, Ms. Silverman. May I have a second? Second. Thank you, Dr. Dimick. All those in favor say yes. 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 All those opposed say no. Thank you. Motion carries. We're now at 2.03, disposal of athletic uniforms. I'll turn that over to Dr.
6: Noonan. Great. Thank you. Um, And I'm going to actually ask Kristen Michael, our chief operating officer, to speak to the disposal of these uniforms.
1: Thank you so much. Our athletic team at the high school has done a really great job, and I can't thank Becky Creed enough for all of the hard work that she's done. Um, But they have went through all of our athletic uniforms, and they've identified ones that either state George Mason or their uniforms that we're no longer using that have been replaced. Um, And then she um, had contacted another employee, Mary Beth Conley, who's in the room, has been instrumental. Um, Dee Dee is one of our um, transportation staff. She's actually a car driver for us. And she's been a great help in terms of taking items and donating them. So she came forward and asked if she could take the items and then donate them. And they would ultimately go to an Indian reservation. So we're looking for the board's approval tonight to allow us to donate these uniforms um, so that others may use
0: them. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Michael. Sounds like a great use of some uniforms that we no longer need. Any questions? Okay, if I could have a motion, please, Vice Chair Gould.
2: Move that the Falls Church Public School Board authorizes the Superintendent to donate athletic uniforms no longer used by FCCPS.
0: Thank you. May I have a second? Thank you, Dr. Anderson. All those in favor say yes. Yes. All those opposed say no. Thank you. Motion carries and we're now at 2.04 approval of potential hearing officers and I'll throw it back to Dr. Noonan.
6: Thanks so much. Um, I'm gonna let Ms. Benson here chime in in just a second Um, but what we actually you go ahead you take it.
4: Okay very good. I I Um, won't steal your thunder. (laughs) Awesome thanks. Um, There are occasions where impartial hearing officers from outside of the school division are needed to preside over administrative hearings. Examples of this would um, be if there's a teacher or support staff grievance or certain student disciplinary matters. So before the school board this evening is a list of potential hearing officers. It includes um, retired school administrators and school attorneys um, or folks who practice in the area of education law. Uh, Any questions about this list or the process before you all move forward?
3: I just have just a a question moving forward. Um, To what degree um, Will um, we be using these um, th- these people, um, these hearing officers, uh, under collective bargaining?
4: These hearing officers are separate from the collective bargaining process. There's nothing in the collective bargaining resolution that calls for hearing officers.
6: And just for context and history, um, we have only had in the six years that I've been superintendent one hearing that required um, any kind of uh, grievance officer. So. We just we just need to have a list just in case.
0: Any other questions or comments? Okay, if I could have a motion please. Yes, Ms. Tice. Do you, do you read it yeah re, why don't you
8: read it again okay sorry That the school board appro- i move that the school board approve the following list of names as potential hearing officers per policy gbma support staff grievances as presented
0: thank you ms Tice. may i have a second second thank you dr dimmick all those in favor say yes, yes yes all those opposed say no thank you motion carries and we're now at 3.01 uh communications review Afternoon, and would you like to kick us off?
6: Yes, I'd be happy to. Um, good evening again, everybody, as we head into now the actual work session of the evening. Um, thanks for being here. Um, this evening, we have an opportunity to hear from our uh, director of communications, Mr. John Brett. Uh, he is well prepared for tonight, but I think this is the first presentation he's done in a decade, maybe um, more than a decade. <laughs> more than a decade to the school board. So we are we are excited to uh, to turn this over here to John in just a second. Um, but as I as I understand the presentation, it will be sort of in two parts. The first part is um, a little bit, of, not a little bit, but quite a bit about the types of communication that we have um, throughout the system, and then the second part of the presentation is really looking at the survey data that came back. Uh, And then um, we'll sort of take our cues from you. Um, John and I talked about it today that he, you know, at the end of the first portion, if you wanted to ask some questions, that would be fine. And then if you want to, or if you wanted to wait until the very end, just kind of take it from there, but um, perhaps we'll take a break. Uh, after the first part and uh, give you an opportunity to ask some questions. So with that, I'll turn it over to to, uh, John Brett, our director of communications.
9: Thank you, Dr. Noonan, and uh, it's so great to be before you and thank you for the opportunity to talk a little bit about our communications department, the various products and services, both uh, internally and externally. Our communications team is crucial to the division in maintaining the school's brand and image and uh, communicating the divisions mission, vision, and values to all of our internal and external stakeholders. Our team consists of, of course, me, the communications director, and Chrissy Henderson, who is in her second year now as a part-time communications specialist. Her her focus primarily is on curating the mountains of information that uh, get compiled into the morning announcements uh, daily. And uh, then we also still have Carol Sly. She was our previous communications specialist. Uh, Luckily for her, uh, she is retired. Lucky for us, she can't stay away for long. And uh, so she shares her photographic wizardry on occasion for uh, special events. With the FCCPS uh, strategic plan, communications and community engagement are combined into one of the five primary pillars. So I do want to recognize our great community engagement team led by Mary Beth Connolly, Uh, Director of Strategic Planning and Community Engagement, and our most recent addition to the team is Regan Davis, who is our fantastic new Community Outreach Coordinator. But for tonight's presentation, as requested, we're solely focusing on communications. The FCCPS Communications Department offers a wide range of services in support of the division. We provide, of course, internal and external communications. We provide communication counseling and crisis communications. We also maintain media relations with both local and uh, media, national media. We work on social media engagement. We create newsletters and marketing, production and design of the post publications, web management, digital accessibility, and photography and video production. All of our work is, of course, aligned closely with the FCCPS strategic plan, and this year we have placed special emphasis on two areas, overcoming barriers to communication and creating predictable communications with a systematic feedback loop. Our goal is to ensure that language, accessibility, and technology access do not hinder effective communication within our community. And additionally, we aim to gain a better understanding of the needs of our community and our stakeholders and provide stronger relationships throughout the Falls Church community. The community we serve is very diverse and includes internal stakeholders such as staff, administrators, and board members. Our extended internal stakeholders include students and parents, organizations, and volunteers, as well as external stakeholders, such as our taxpayers, our senior citizens, our business partners, our faith leaders, our legislators, and of course, the media. The communications team goal is to ensure consistent and effective messaging that aligns with the FCCPS strategic plan when these stakeholders are engaged. Since 1979, FCCPS has partnered with AptiG, which is a company based in Little Rock, Arkansas, to host our websites. We chose them for one primary reason, their compliance with the latest accessibility guidelines. Each school in our division has its own website and a designated person who is responsible for keeping it updated. In case of any difficulty, though, or if they're in need of some extra special design training or work then they can come to our communications office for that assistance and you see here all of the URLs for our division website and our five schools. Now if you remember uh, back a couple of slides and the two action items from our strategic plan for communications overcoming barriers to technology access and the predictable feedback loops earlier this month we quietly rolled out a new feedback system that now appears on our school divisions main website. The system is that little bitty orange tab that you see in the right side of the screen now. If you punch that tab, a form will open and you can provide your feedback. Now this is called an interrupt and it's becoming very common on most all types of uh, websites as uh, customer service is increasingly more important uh, to the success of businesses and organizations of all types. The second way we're receiving feedback is As you're about to leave our website, you will get a pop-up window that'll ask you if you're willing to answer a few questions. And if you say yes, you'll take a short survey that lasts less than 30 seconds. If you say no thanks, though, it goes away and you won't see it again for 30 days. These surveys help us gather real-time data on any problems or difficulties that our users may be having with our website, and we are using Qualtrics to produce automatic tickets to help us understand a user's problem, where the problem was seen so that we can go there and make the changes necessary. As in, you can see here, we recently received a ticket regarding challenges someone had on our staff directory. We were able to identify the specific page he was on and the issue he was rece- experiencing, and we are now working to make those improvements to uh, address that problem. And we attract these efforts in real time and over time with the goal of making the experience on our websites less problematic and more satisfying for anyone who stops by. We are currently reviewing this process just on the main website, but we look forward to rolling it out on all of our school websites hopefully in the coming weeks. Now for some fun facts. Here are the 20 most visited websites on our web pages over the last 30 days, and these throughout the year as the information parents want changes. For instance, if you look at the bottom two, registration and oddly the 2020 and 2021 address verification page which is attached to the registration page. Now we know why the registration page is getting hit because registration is about to open. It opens on April 11th and parents are trying to see, well maybe is it open now? The other we're thinking is that our over-anxious parents are going back to an old email they had that linked them to the InfoSnap to see if that works. And so this would have been the last one that was active uh, to see if they could get through in the back door, and uh, they can't, but uh, <laughs> registration does open on April 11th, and that page will be hit hard. Oh, and yes, the school board is on the top 20, number 13 with a bullet. And here are the 20 top things people are searching for related to our school division in Google. This information is important because it tells us what people are going to our website looking for and what is most important to them. We also use this information to see if our website is showing up correctly when someone searches the page. We check where our pages are ranked on Google search results by using the position column. That's on the far right. And good news, we usually rank at the number one spot on the top of the page. The only exceptions, though, are for the schools who recently had or relatively recently had name changes. And uh, those will improve over time. And one more pa- uh, website page here on the top 20 countries uh, that visitors uh, visit from uh, to our website. And interestingly enough, a lot of the clicks that we receive from these countries our two morning announcements. Now the social media. FCCPS has been in Twitter for almost 16 years. We joined right after, before Twitter was a year old, making it the social media platform that we've been on the longest. When we first started this on April 20th, 2007, we were tweeting once or twice a day and we quickly got complaints from all the other new users of this technology that we were tweeting too much. So to address this, we created FCCPS Alert, which was just the important information and all the other stuff, baseball games, uh, concerts, that kind of thing, uh, that was left on the FCCPS account. We currently have 4,100 followers on our main Twitter account, another 2,500 on FCCPS Alert. Uh, we also created uh, FCCPS a Job Twitter account. Dr. Noonan has his own Twitter account and is a great communicator on social media. Each of our five schools has their primary Twitter account. Many of our teachers have classroom Twitter accounts. Meridian has a Twitter account dedicated to their athletics. And most of the teams also have their own Twitter accounts. The division began its journey into the metaverse on December 1st of 2011, just a little over 11 years, with our inaugural Facebook post. However, when we first set up the account, we realized that we couldn't use FCCPS because FCCPS had already been taken by a small soccer club in Europe. So we were faced with having to use what we still use today, our full name, Falls Church City Public Schools. But if you go to Facebook and search for FCCPS, we're at the top. We have a second Facebook page that uh, Regan Davis is working to revitalize. The page is dedicated to showcasing our business and education programs and events. Unfortunately, fortunately, we had a Spanish language Facebook account for a year or so. It was run through the Family Resource Center, but we closed it a couple of years ago due to personnel changes and scheduling conflicts. We just couldn't get it off the ground. Hopefully we can relook at that too in the coming. Recognizing the importance of visual media in our ever-evolving digital landscape, we established our first Instagram account in May of 2012. We have 2,500 followers now on Facebook and uh, 1,050 on Instagram. And as with Twitter, many of our SAOs and others have their own presence on all of these platforms as well. YouTube is a social media platform that we have accounts for, for all of our schools as well. Uh, Its use became very important for us, especially during and after the pandemic. The main FCCPS YouTube channel has now over 700 videos, most all of them, well not most all of them, but many of them, a great majority are school board meetings over the last uh, 10 years. Every video added to the platform is currently being subtitled, and this is not auto-captioned we actually go in and correct the auto-caption to uh, a good subtitle. And in December, we have now begun uh, 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 providing subtitles in both English and Spanish. The number of videos on our channels has greatly increased in the last two years as we're doing more live streaming, like tonight, with the assistance of our live-in partners at the uh, Falls Church Community Television with their state-of-the-art 4K studios housed at Meridian High School. Steve Knight informed me last week that there's a group of uh, Mustang students who recently approached FCC TV about restarting the video club. So that could be exciting too in the coming days. And the latest social media platform that we have joined is Spotify for podcasters. It used to be called Anchor.fm. It recently just had a name change. For a little over a year now, we have been reformatting all of the audio of our videos to include your school board meetings into podcasts so that people can listen to them on whatever the device that they listen to their uh, podcast, And they can subscribe to FCCPS Podcasts, as they say, at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After Twitter and before the metaverse, actually at the start of the sequestration. Remember that? Huge, sharp cutback in our local school budget. It forced us to rethink our communication strategy, which at the time was primarily heavily on paid media. I was inspired by then-new President Barack Obama's daily newsletter, which at the time was a very novel idea. Uh, it was just his schedule for the day, a picture, and just uh, and, and uh, a few news notes. His was called the daily schedule, which was simple. It was just what it was. Ours would then be called the morning announcements, a daily communication sent directly to our parents and staff and began daily publication on September 7th, 2010. And this is the very first issue, although that's actually a fake image because the iPad was not invented for two more years. We initially sent this email to our entire parent and staff list of about 1,200 to 1,500 parents. And by that afternoon, we were down to 400. Everybody saying, we're opting out. This may be spam. We're not sure. What is this? So, okay. But we, we kept going every day since. And today, we are north of 6,000 subscribers to over 30 countries who receive it every morning at 6.45 a.m. Over the years, we had tried to get our little publication recognized by various uh, school media organizations because we thought it was unique and needed to be recognized. But we kept just, just like, what is this? Is, uh, this isn't a publication that arrives in backpacks, or it's it's not something you get in the mail. Well, finally, last year, we were given the National School Public Relations Association's Publications and Digital Media Excellence Award. And it felt like Sally Fields at the Oscars. You know, you like me, you really like it. And we were stoked and very grateful for that recognition. And now for uh, you data nerds like me, here's some statistics I hope you find incredible. In the last year, more than 1.1 million copies of the morning announcements have been sent out with an average open rate of 56%. And that's an incredible rate. According to contact uh, Constant Contact and MailChimp, which are the two top email marketing platforms, the average open rate for educational and school-related newsletters is around 25%. So since the inception of our little newsletter, newsletters have now sort of become the staple communication tool all across the division. Today we have over a dozen different newsletters, with each of our schools sending at least one to the parent community. And each school sends an internal newsletter to their staff as well. We also have two additional newsletters that are sent out by our central office. One is called fan mail. This contains information that is shared with all of our administrators so they can then fan that out to their uh, to their staff, try to keep their inboxes organized and manageable. And the other is called SAO Blast, which is sent out to our school-related organizations so they can include our updates and information in their own newsletters. These newsletters have become an effective way to keep our community involved, informed, and engaged. Mary Beth Connolly actually is, doing, is the curator for the Fan Mail and the SAO Blast. Now, one of the newer and highly effective communication tools that we've added this year is called ClassTag. This is a platform that is currently available only at Mount Daniel and at Oak Street, and we're hoping to expand its reach. While it, 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 and it really does, it deserves a full presentation all its own for you, but let me just give you a quick overview of some of the key features of it tonight. ClassTag provides parents with school and classroom information as well as direct updates from a child's teacher to the parent. It's a versatile tool that allows parents to choose how they want to receive information through the class tag app, as a normal email, or as a text message. Now, once a parent makes that selection in ClassTag, any notes or updates from the teacher are then delivered to that parent in their chosen format. The teacher needs only to create one message and hit send. But what sets ClassTag apart is its ability to facilitate two-way communication and multilingual communication. Parents can choose not only how they want to receive the information, but in what language. So here's an example, and this is a real live example. Let's say Sally is a parent and Steve is a teacher, and they're communicating through ClassTag. We can see here that Sally has chosen to communicate in Spanish to, through the Class tag app. Teacher Steve on the left writes a note in English and hits send. Sally receives it. It's the blue on the right in in her in her chosen language of Spanish. Sally can then respond in Spanish at the bottom right and Steve will receive her message in English. Class tag offers support for over 100-plus languages, which helps us engage with our diverse parent population. Class tag also comes with a powerful feature to track engagement. This is the Family Engagement Report. This report shows us which parents have opened information from the school in the last week, two weeks, or three weeks. And additionally, it identifies those who have opened no emails or those who are unreachable. This is information we have never had before and is invaluable in helping us determine why parents are maybe unresponsive. For example, there may be language barriers or technical difficulties preventing them from receiving our communications and we can work with those families to try to re-engage them and address any issues. Identifying the unreachables of course is particularly important. It could indicate we have wrong information in our system such as a wrong phone number or a wrong email address by quickly identifying the issues we can get those corrected. And another tool I'd like to mention is the FCCPS mobile app which has been available since we switched to the AppDigee company uh, for our website platform. This app is actually linked to that platform and and we've only seen uh, downloads grow steadily over time This is the current downloads for the last year, 1900 from the App Store, and uh, Android getting 373. One of the key advantages of our website and app is that it meets the web content accessibility guidelines as I mentioned earlier, making it accessible for those who have visual or uh, hearing impairments or who have to rely on accessibility devices like screen readers in order to uh, consume content on our website. And lastly, I want to mention the importance of our friends in the external media as a valuable tool in our communications arsenal. Being located next to the nation's capital, we have strong connections with a few powerful friends with incredible reach and it has been truly awesome to collaborate with each and every one of those media outlets over the years to share our story here at FCCPS. So our little uh, department has a lot going on. And uh, that's the end of the first part. Have you have any questions, or we want to keep going? We can take some questions or
0: comments, from
3: anyone?
6: I, I would like to just remind the board that John used to be on radio and TV. If if you were wondering why his voice is so good, that
3: oh,
0: well, uh, we we know <laughs> we, we hear those voiceovers on all of our videos. It's week.
9: so old now. That's the
0: problem. <laughs> um, no, I will have a couple of comments. Um, i first of all i know um, i said that at the last meeting again just to thank you and i think steve knight and whoever else was involved with class tag at the last peak meeting actually at several peak meetings the teachers have been very complimentary really like class tag so just to throw that out there um i in terms of the newsletters i as a mom with kids in multiple schools i love the secondary newsletter that it's combined now I think it just makes it so that um, I mean that's part of the whole new structure with Ms. Hardy as head of schools but um, it just makes it one less newsletter to read it really has a more cohesive you know um, delivery now and everything's coordinated between the two between MEH and and Meridian and um, I guess the only other thing I was thinking looking at those newsletters again I'm looking at Ms. Tice (laughs) we both are moms of four kids um I th- and I think this has gotten better, but in in the old days, it used to be on Friday afternoon you'd get every principal newsletter, every PTA newsletter, you know, and then it just you know, you go on your weekend and your' Saturday spent trying to read all these. And I do think I think elementary PTAs moved to Wednesday now, but that might be an interesting subject for your SAO meeting is to see if there could be more um, sort of spacing out so not everything is happening on a Friday because that's when secondary comes out, which is fine. but, um, I just think it's an interesting thing when you have lots of newsletters coming in. It's hard to keep up. Maybe just we can have you know boosters goes on Monday. This goes, you know I, I don't know. So you know just something to think about. But uh, yeah. Uh, any other questions? Yes, Vice Chair Yeah,
2: uh, Yeah, appreciate the presentation. I'm just curious about the uh, the on slide 15. Can you just uh, define again what like click uh, impress versus CTR versus position is? A uh, click
9: through rate. Right. Uh, okay, yeah. let me see if I yeah, yeah. Okay, so impressions are, uh, the clicks are anytime somebody clicked to get uh, a click something on that page, okay? okay? Impressions are somebody saw that page in a search result. They didn't click on it necessarily but it was presented to them. The click-through rate is the number of times that a person has clicked on the search of uh, the, the the search item to come to our page and so like if if they had searched for let's let's take uh, MEHMS if someone is searching for MEHMS and it comes up on the Google search result as we see it'll probably be at the very top because the position is 1.03 it's probably because sometimes it comes up as MEHMS and other times it comes up as Mary Ellen Henderson Middle School. But 70% of the time they will click on that link to get to MEHMS. And then the uh, 162 is the number of times they got clicked to that page in that last 30 day period. Okay.
2: okay. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, and then um, the question about class like that's just for K-5, through five. does the product go to yeah it's,
9: it's available for everyone oh, okay yeah okay. and uh we've even had uh, some of our and I'm, i meant to mention this we have uh, coaches uh, who are really wanting to use it, use it to communicate with families of uh, their non-english speaking parents uh, especially on the soccer team and and others and steve knight's trying to uh, work to do that this we've discovered this uh, app late in the spring of last year and we were just it, we were trying to Get it rolled out very quickly. and we had contract stuff to get to get through, and that that uh, was taken care of, but it was almost right at the beginning of school. So we decided we're not going to we're not going to put any more on uh, the plate of any of our administrators other than the elementary schools that had demoed it before and loved it. So we decided, okay, we'll we'll run it out on Mary uh, on uh, Mount Daniel and Oak Street, and then hopefully, uh, this will give time for secondary to figure out what it is and see if they want to use it in the future as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Chair Downs. It's been a great, a great app, great way to communicate. And I, yeah, as,
2: as I, I imagine, as elementary school kids move up, the parents will want to continue. Uh-huh. Um, and then the last note is on slide two. Um, if you don't mind going back to that? Um, I think it's interesting that out of everything you mentioned. Um, I think this is uh, one full-time and two part-time people, and I know this is not your full-time job as well, so I think it's just a good reminder of all the communication that's coming out. Um, it is really impressive of what you all are able to do, um, and, and I think sometimes we hear there's so much communication, and obviously everyone digests it different ways, but I think it's just good to remind us that this is this is a lot of communication, but it's also coming from. A Very efficient team. it
9: looks well, like. Well, we we appreciate yeah. that, but it does take a it does take a village. We're not the only ones who communicate here. I mean, Dr. Noonan communicates, principals communicate. It's a uh, it, it, our division. I think are just top rate in terms of uh, communicating and engaging with our uh, with our uh, constituents. Agree. So All right, thank you.
0: Yep. Yes, Ms. Silberman, I
7: appreciate the explanation of class tag. Um, I I have been fine with it. You know. To me, you know, why can't we just email was always my thought. But hearing the fact that you can communicate with a hundred different languages. And as we begin to diversify more and more, um, hopefully more and more in Falls Church City, that piece that I don't need of it personally, but there's other families that do need it. I think is just tremendously um, needed. And now I kind of understand the need for class tag. And I'm just, I'm really happy that I had that explanation, you know, because where I can simply just email the teacher back and forth. Sure. Um, I, there's got to be families who are just very thankful for this program. So yeah. thank you for getting it fast-tracked and, <laughs> and put into use so quickly.
9: Right. The, the thing we're excited about, too, uh, and is, is the engagement reports. And we're going to start using those more and more to try to reach these parents who've just been on the sidelines, and we haven't known why. Now we know who they are and can reach out to them to find out why they are
7: now I know to make sure to open my class text,
0: because you can judge me whether I'm reading that. Uh, just to do a, oh, Ms. Tice, did you,
8: yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I wanted to echo everybody else's uh, gratitude. I just think is Really exceptional that you were, your team. You and your team are able to do so much, and I'm always really impressed with the communications from our systems. I just, a couple of really small questions. That little orange feedback tab. Um, yes. Is that something that's going to be explained in morning announcements someday? Because it sounds like a great tool, but I'm not sure I would have noticed it if you hadn't pointed it out.
9: Yeah, we've uh, we're still we're still playing with it just to to get it right. It first started out as green, and then we're thinking, okay, maybe they can't see it. And then it started out as just saying feedback. And now it's like, give feedback. What is the right word to, to put there that will help? You know, do you need help? Can we help? Right. Maybe something like that. So yes, we're definitely going to uh, roll it out. Uh, and do want to do it on all the other school websites. Because as you'll see, uh, we all need, all of our websites need some, some good help like this. Um, so, but yes, we'll definitely. Uh,
8: it sounds like a great tool. Uh, once, it, once yeah. it gets announced. Um, yeah. And and back to Ms. Silverman's point about the class tag and the data. Um, does that data get tracked if it just comes through your email um, and you read the email that the teacher sent?
9: Email. Right. Text so message. It,
8: but so yeah. its its count says if you've opened it if it's through your email and not only if you go through the class tag website. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. I just want to give my credit because I read uh, all the emails that come through, but right. I don't ever go to the website to check any messages. Right.
9: No, I, I get that, and the uh, and that's the beauty of class tag, I think, anyway, is that uh, we can send a text message, which generally is a link, and then you just click the link, and then it opens on your phone, so you don't have to actually have the app. It just opens the website on your phone and you can still then communicate, do everything like that.
8: That's so. been what's been so great about ClassTag is I I don't even know exactly how to log in. Because once I did it once and they got I got all the things, now right. I just get it through my email and it's one less login right. to, to, to mess with. I also wanted to um, give another spotlight and shout out that's not even in this presentation, another fabulous thing that just came out this spring is that, and I'm assuming your team was behind this, the where to find information about FCCPS document that got
9: I was actually Mary Beth. That mail. They I mean, put that thing together. It was yeah. so it great?
8: fantastic. I wanted 82 copies and to like frame it in every room of my house because right. it was so helpful. It's um, yeah. really, really concise and informative and easy to read. Um, I thought it was fantastic, and I hope that everyone opened their mail because I know sometimes people don't. You know, I don't. I hope nobody assumed it was junk mail because it was the opposite. It was really right. valuable and helpful. No,
9: it, but it had another purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's our annual address verification
8: right right
9: so uh, Mary Beth came up with a great idea let's let's make this useful yes well and it was
8: very useful Um, it made me think that once once class tag is fully and I know we're pretty much there, fully up and running and I don't know how far you know how soon we would implement it up at the teams or the secondary level but a similar page that kind of highlights and contrasts like schoology class tag power school you know, what is it used for what maybe somewhere people could put their login information or something that because i i do sometimes it took me years to realize what do i go to schoology for what do i go to power school for you know what can you what can you see and what can't you see because at the secondary level you can't see everything that your kids can see obviously i mean right. for for good reasons but just sort of laying out the advantages or when to use what um might be helpful um in a similar format, because that one that, that came out recently was so great. So.
9: I think we're sometimes very guilty of uh, thinking you should know about it like we know about it, you know. Yeah, and, when and you're too, when you're so close to
8: it. Well, yeah. it's an embarrassment of riches because we have so many great tools, sure. but they can it can become overwhelming from Absolutely. the parent
0: side when you don't you can't quite remember which you use for what or where to find great things.
8: Feedback. So, great thank
9: feedback.
0: thank you so much for all of it. sure. Yes, uh, thank you, um, Ms. Connelly. She, that was, uh, you're right, that I'm glad that you brought that up because that was terrific. And I know Ms. Connolly's also been helping uh, Vice Chair uh, Gould and I promote our uh, school board office hours on the web. Getting, actually, we, we, all, we used to just do it, oh, when we're going to do it next month. And so, Ms. Connolly got me motivated to actually set the dates all through the rest of 2023. And it's on the website now and she puts locations on the website. So she's she's getting us much more organized, I circled. Um, and uh, just another shout out to Ms. Connolly and Ms. Davis, because we know that the businesses, as we had the honor roll just prior in the meeting tonight, um, what an important part they are of this school system. And I, one other go back, um, Mr. Brett is, You know you it was your brainchild morning announcements and i've had the pleasure to work with um carol sly and now chrissy henderson and just the team you know when people talk about central office i think that's a great example when we talk about central office being lean that's a great example like the communication staff is is as um Chair Gold mentioned it's not a lot of people (laughs) and uh and you all just do such fantastic work but Um, Just a shout out to um, Ms. Henderson and Ms. Sly and you, because I think one of the things that I love about morning announcements is it's, it's very balanced. It's not too sports heavy, it's not too this heavy. It's, you know, and I learned something, you know, here I am school board chair and every day I learn something about a part of the school system that I didn't know about or something, some activity. And so just kudos to you. I really think that it builds community, it's informative. And so, you know, again, just thank you to you and your staff.
9: Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Anyone else before we move on to the next portion of this presentation? Okay, Mr. Brad,
9: thank you. Okay. Uh, this part of the presentation, as we said before, we're going to be discussing the communication survey, uh, which aimed to identify barriers to effective communication and provide clear, two way, multilingual, accessible messaging. The survey was uh, conducted on President's Day in February through uh, Sunday, February 26th and was an outgrowth of the FCCPS strategic plan. This was the first communication survey that we've done since 2009. So with the rapid changing of technology over the years that we noted earlier, there's no internal baseline for us to compare uh, these results. So the survey and the questions included are based on the K-12 national report on parent school trust and engagement which was released last fall. And if you would like, I'd be glad to share that uh, report with you. It is incredible. Um, Where a comparison can be made between that K-12 survey and our survey, it'll be noted in these little green call-out icons. So who took the survey? We received an incredible 706 completed surveys with almost three out of four respondents being parents and guardians. Uh, Unfortunately, only 1% of the respondents were students and actually that's a fraction of 1%, uh, which is a bit disappointing, but we hope to improve on this number in future surveys. Despite the seemingly overwhelming results from parents, we can see that when viewed as individual groups, (coughs) excuse me, employees and parents are spread remarkably equally among each of our schools. And again, we were disappointed few students completed the survey, many more than the nine <laughs> that uh, finished the survey, there were many who took it, and most of them bailed, unfortunately, for one reason or another. Short attention span. Short attention span, yeah. This was like a 10-minute survey, I think, 10 or 15-minute survey, so maybe. First set of questions uh, was on effective communications. We asked respondents to rate FCCPS in keeping residents, families and staff informed on the important news about FCCPS and this was by far one of the most positive responses we received of the entire survey with nearly 87 percent of respondents saying it was excellent or good. When asked about efforts to involve parents, students, and staff in school activities and decision-making processes again two-thirds of respondents rated us uh, good and ex- or excellent. However when asked about the ease of locating information on the division website less than half of the respondents rated it good to excellent this is an area obviously in need of attention and the recent deployment of the feedback loops I mentioned earlier will help greatly uh, in this future work but locating information on the division website is a challenge not only for the division but for our secondary schools as well only JTP Mount Daniel and Oak Street websites had ratings of 50% or better for ease of finding information. And again, uh, part of our work in the strategic plan is overcoming barriers to communication. So this will be a major focus of our post-survey work. We also wanted to know if people felt well-informed about FCCPS issues and events beyond just the websites. We asked if they agreed or disagreed that they were informed and whether FCC publications and other communications provided useful information. And remarkably, 9 out of 10 respondents agreed, which is fantastic to hear. And to better understand people's opinions on FCCPS communications, we delved deeper into which of the sources they found most useful. We asked participants to select the primary and secondary sources of information about FCCPS. Morning announcements emerged as the clear favorite with twice as many votes as the runner-ups FCCPS emails, followed by school principal newsletters. Now we've uh, had discussions about whether some participants meant principal newsletters when they selected FCCPS emails as they are both emails. So therefore, we plan to make a clear distinction between that uh, in future surveys. But if you combine the two, emails, and principal newsletters, you still only get 412, which is still well below morning announcements. Next, we inquired about other sources from which people receive information about FCCPS, and this time they could select uh, any and all options other than their first two. School principal newsletters and emails still remain their top choices, followed by websites and text messaging, which also had a strong showing. Morning announcements now appears near the bottom of the list as most people had already chosen it for their top 2. In this question we also gave a, a choice as uh, of other uh, and we needed them to ask uh, tell us other additional sources that they use for school information. Many of course mentioned parents and other teachers and schools which is encouraging. However, it is somewhat concerning that a few of the less reliable sources were also mentioned such as gossip and rumor. We uh, transitioned our focus from information sources to satisfaction with the information provided. We asked uh, the participants to reflect on the communication they get from central office or their school during the current school year and evaluate how often these statements were true. Was the information helpful? Was it timely? Overall, was the information from the district easy to understand? And lastly, could they trust the communication they received from FCCPS central office or their school? The majority of responses were highly positive, with most participants indicating that these statements were always or often true. Less than 5% reported that the information was rarely or never helpful or hard to understand. And additionally, only 4% expressed distrust in the communication they received. If you look at the comparison to the K-12 national report, I have included the data numbers for the top three categories. The left is always, the middle is often, and the one on the right is sometimes. So compared to the K-12 national report, our data revealed that the information we provided was considered more helpful, timely, and easier to understand than the national average. Furthermore, our results align with the national survey when it came to the ability to trust the information provided. We also explored the frequency and types of information participants received. We asked if the amount of information they received from the superintendent and central office was too much, just right, or not enough. The majority felt that the amount of information was just right, with equal numbers of respondents stating that it was either too much or not enough and emails and newsletters emerge as the top two forms of communication that participants received and opened for parents of our youngest students there is a desire for more information as new parents with children experiencing school for the first time they appreciate obviously having ample information email and newsletters remain the primary means of communication at jesse thackeray middle school for parents at mount daniel it seems that everything is going very well with equal numbers of people saying there's too much or not enough and that's only 4% on either side. An interesting change in this graph though is uh, observed at Mount Daniel when we start seeing class tag uh, now adding into the communication mix. It is uh, already a popular means of communicating with parents there as we've mentioned, email being a top communication method followed by class tag but remember, Parents can receive class tag as an email, so we again may have to differentiate how we ask the question in future surveys. Rounding out the top four are Danny's Corner newsletter and then phone calls from Miss Nora or their teacher. At Oak Street, the vast majority of parents believe the amount of information they receive from the school is also just right, while 13% feel it's too much and only 9% think it's not enough. The top three forms of communication for parents, uh, like Mount Daniel, email, class tag, and the Tiger Times newsletter. At Mary Ellen Henderson Middle School, the majority of parents are satisfied with the amount of information they've received, considering it just right. However, 13% want more, while 8% feel it's a bit too much. I feel like I'm doing the nursery rhyme. (laughs) Email and the... uh, (laughs) Goldilocks, that's it. Email and the Husky Herald Newsletter serve as the primary means of communication with the Mary Ellen Henderson parents. And finally, the Mighty Mustangs of Meridian. Uh, An overwhelming 70% of parents find the amount of information they receive from the home of the Mustangs to be about right. A quarter of the respondents uh, respondents would like more information. 7% consider it too much. The top two forms of communication at Meridian High School are email, the Mustang Spirit newsletter and it's worth noting that the Husky Herald and Mustang Spirit contribute to the one uh, email called the messages from Mustang Alley that arrives on uh, Friday. And finally in the uh, information frequency section uh, of the communication survey we flip the tables on how do you receive information from FCCPS or your school to how you want to receive information. and getting it right, email and newsletters were the top choices, followed by text messages which was a solid third and class tag is a strong fourth. Now this graph includes answers from all survey participants, not just from the two schools using class tag. So you can see that class tag even uh, ranks high uh, even when everyone is, is considered. We also ask in which language participants would like to receive information. English, of course, was the top choice, but we were disappointed to find that only a small number of people, less than a couple dozen, took the survey in Spanish, even though it was offered in that language. Unfortunately, the Family Resource Center was transitioning leadership around the time of the survey, and we feel perhaps the outreach efforts to our non-English speaking community might not have been as strong as they could have been, and so that's definitely a priority for the next survey. Additionally, we provided an option for other languages beside English and Spanish, and it received only nine entries with Chinese and German being the only other languages mentioned. Lastly, our communications uh, survey concentrated on customer service. In its report, K-12 Insight has found that forward-thinking school districts are adopting a comprehensive customer service approach rather than just tackling individual communication issues as mere technology integrations. This uh, mindset shift focuses on creating a better overall experience for everyone involved in the educational community. With this focus in mind, we ask survey participants how many times they contacted an FCCPS school or central office during the current school year we found 57% of respondents had reached out up to five times, which is slightly higher than the national average of 44%. In a school district with 2,500 students, this can result in more than 7,000 inbound inquiries throughout the school year, if not more. We also inquired about the most frequent methods parents use to contact schools with email, phone calls, and in-person meetings emerging as the top three choices. When asked about their preferred way to contact their school or central office, email, phone call, and in-person meetings also remain the top three choices. However, we observed an increased interest in text messaging as an additional method of communication, suggesting that parents may appreciate having this option available for future interactions. With ClassTag having that option, it may be something we want to explore expanding across the division. We asked people in the communication survey how often they feel it's easy to find the contact information for the right person to help them. Only 14%, unfortunately, said it's always true but 41% said it's often true. So in total, 55% feel it's easy to find the right person. Nationally, 59% said it's always or often true. You may remember from that feedback form we had from the one guy who said he couldn't find, had trouble on our staff directory. Uh, When they have a need, people were asked uh, how easily they can reach the right person uh, to help them. 63% said that is always or often true which is similar to the national average of 70. And although some people felt frustrated with finding the right person, most people said at least the process was courteous. 86% said it's always or often true, which is higher, much higher than the national average of 64%. We also asked, when I reach out with a need, I receive a response in a timely manner. 76% of ours says that this is always or often true. When I reach out with a need the response I receive is helpful. Again 75% say it's always or often true. And when I reach out with a need I am satisfied with the customer service I receive. 78% said that that is always or often true with a larger percentage saying always. Research indicates that it is no longer a matter of if a parent's issue is being addressed and or resolved by a school district but as well that according to the k-12 survey 85% of our parents say they expect a response within a day nationally it's much lower at just 69% k-12 survey indicates that research shows in the business sector the average response time is 12 hours but 90% of customers expect a response within 15 minutes K-12 suggests that this is a new paradigm and an expectation that the public is being uh, groomed on and that public schools need to consider this going forward. In our customer satisfaction score, while it is good to see that over three-quarters of our respondents describe their experiences with FCCPS as satisfied or very satisfied, we recognize that one in four doesn't. But we're not alone, as the K-12 national survey also was 25 percent and the final data point i'll leave you with is what we call the net promoter score and this is gets a little weedy the net promoter score is a simple way of measuring how much customers like a product of service we ask respondents to rate their experience with fccps on a scale of one to ten with zero being very unhappy and ten being extremely happy and then you divide them into three groups based on their ratings promoters we are people who said uh, uh, at the top of the, the range, they're very satisfied, and they're 9 or 10. The passives scored us at 7 or 8, and the detractors, these are the people who are unhappy and might have bad things to say about us, so our score us at 0 to 6. To calculate the NPS, I, I wish Weileman was here. To uh, calculate NPS, you subtract the percentage of the detractors from the percentage of promoters and the result is between negative 100 and 100. A higher NPS means more customers are happy, while a lower NPS means we might need to improve our services. Right now we're at 38, which is just south of being great. So in conclusion, based on the survey results and identified areas of improvement, we are recommending the following next steps to address them possible uh, problems and shortcomings. Don't touch morning announcements, when we won't. We will continue to focus on providing helpful, timely, and easy to understand communications through our preferred channels, such as email, newsletters, and in-person meetings. We're going to explore the potential of text messaging as an additional communication method, given its increasing popularity perhaps we'll conduct a pilot program of class tag at the secondary campus to gauge its effectiveness there and user satisfaction. We want to conduct a thorough review of our websites to identify areas of improvement, uh, consider user experience, navigation, content, organization to make information more accessible and easier to locate. I'd like to get into a focus group with some of our librarians to see if they have ideas in terms of better organization. A focus group also on engaging our non-English speaking uh, and underrepresented, uh, speaking and underrepresented communities to ensure their needs are being addressed and they are well represented in future surveys and communications. I want to consider also adopting a customer service mindset across the organization to create a more positive and responsive experience for parents, students and community. We want to expand our feedback loops and channels and of course measure 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 monitor the effectiveness of these improvements through periodic surveys and feedback from the community and adjust our adjust our strategies as needed uh, to ensure ongoing progress and success in our communication efforts thank you for your attention I appreciate it tonight
0: well thank you very much Mr. Brett it was very informative uh questions or comments on the second portion uh yes Dr. Ortiz
3: Thank you, Mr. Brett, and um, uh, for the for the, for the terrific presentation. I wouldn't have expected anything less. Um, I just want I want to pull a thread on on a couple of the charts. This had to do with the school by school comparison of how much information I get and whether or not it's too much, too little, or the, the Goldilocks test, not enough. Uh, and um, you know, I wanted to, to you know the the big the, the big note was that at JTP parents are looking for more information. The same thing at Meridian High School. <clears throat> My um, to what degree do we understand, um, obviously when people say not enough, it likely doesn't mean just more emails, it means probably certain kinds of information that parents are looking for. Have we looked into what exactly that kind of information is? Because I'm obviously probably different for both of those constituencies. I don't know
9: that we can find the information from this survey, but we can go deeper as to find who was saying that. Uh, you know. Is, Th- these were all top level, okay. the entire school. So we can go in into um, uh, grade levels. Uh, that is, that's about as far as we can go right now. Again, this was, this is sort of a, a baseline survey. Yeah. Uh, and anything we do going into the future, we're now can be informed that we need to ask this too. You know, okay, For good, instance, yeah. one thing we really, we really uh, dropped the ball on, and I think, um, when we developed a survey with K-12, um, or basing it on the K-12 survey, uh, we all looked at it over and over and over and over again and the one thing question we didn't ask is is there anything else you'd like to tell us and that would have been some powerful information and you know at, we had already started and it's like the second day we go oops and say well we can't add it now because people are already taking the survey, So, but we will in the future okay, but to, to your point you're right uh, um, we can get with grade level and we will be uh, providing this information to
3: the schools so they can dig down into and, and to see if there are areas that they can use. Okay, very good. And then I have one more question and this is just me and my, my own ignorance is, when you say like a customer service model, what implications are 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 there for your organization or, or how you go about your business?
9: Well for me I consider uh, communications to be customer service. I mean, I, I hear from parents every day, and I try to get back to them with with uh, a question. There's a on the front front of our website. The only email address on on the on the front page is communications at FCCPS, and so that becomes a clearinghouse of any question or comment or problem uh, if they don't know who to contact, and they contact that, and then we can funnel it out to to others. And I think that's sort of the if, right now. That would be the model plus the, these uh, feedback loops that we're implementing, um, I'm not sure we'll ever be to the point of uh, being able to uh, answer those live, you know, and, and uh, have a chat system, uh, that kind of thing. But we can at least uh, uh, take information and, uh, and then follow up with them in, in, in the future. And I think that's that's where our customer service is. You know, instead of just preaching to them, we're just helping them find the information they need and. You know, making them feel good. What is it Maya Angelou said? It, they don't remember how you how you look, but, uh, but how they made you feel. You know, and that's what I th- I would like to strive to to do. It's giving everybody a good, positive experience when they reach out. Thank
0: you, Dr. Ortiz, uh, Dr. Dimmick.
5: Thank you much, very much for your presentation. I am an avid consumer of all of my newsletters and. Um, I've gotten on to Meridian's website to find the things I need to find. When it was redone, I had to figure out, okay, where do I need to go again? But yeah. um, I had a question about, on slide 51, the 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 high frequency of our parents who are contacting the central office in the schools. And I'm wondering, because I, I took the survey and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh, yes, I am one of those people. But I um, when I answer this question, Thought about the you know the, the attendance line so anytime I need my kid to leave a few minutes early because of a doctor's appointment or like that's happened maybe a few times and I try to make it during lunch but I still need to let the school n- know so um, I mean if it's all attendance line stuff I think that's pretty Maybe easier for students for schools to handle, but if a lot of this really are actual questions that are being posed, that's a lot of uh, volume of of parental contact with schools and central office. Right. Any insight into that? Uh,
9: no. Again, this is uh, one of the shortcomings of this survey is that it was so high level, and and it would be awesome now, and it's great feedback uh, to now say, you know, have you contacted? How many times you've contacted? And for for any of these reasons you know and we can put out at the attendance line or you know uh, that that's that sort
5: of the one downside is it is to get folks to complete the survey it can't be that long so right. we can't keep adding to it so i guess maybe this is perhaps a broader question do our schools or central office feel like they're receiving too many phone calls and contacts i i i that is, I guess, a question for those front offices.
9: Well, again, the the, uh, the Qualtrics program, <clears throat> which is, I mean, it's, it's a behemoth, but uh, we can install feedback loops for all sorts of contact points that will then allow us to see how much contact is being made, and then maybe we can say, okay, how can we have, get this reduced? So, and I'd love to hear Peter Weilman, uh do a presentation on that, but this, uh, uh, right now we've got We've got two, two feedback loops, we can install them for like um, uh, HR exits, uh, all sorts of different touch points that, that people have that aren't completing a full survey, it's just like um, did, were you able to, like this, the, this feedback is, you know, were you, able to comp- were you able to complete what you came here for? If no, then you ask, uh, what would you come here for? And then would you leave us your email address so we can follow up? And then that's it. Boom, they're out. It's not completing a, a full survey like this. And maybe that interim can, can help us no more. We're scratching the surface. We brought Qualtrics in for to, to aid in the empress of COVID and, uh, and uploading our... Uh, vaccine cards, uh, and, but it does so much more, and we're really getting re- loving to jump into it and, and see how it can help us out.
0: Yes, Ms. Silverman.
7: I was actually going to comment almost some, something similar to uh, Dr. Dimick. Um Looking at that customer service graph, I mean, I must have said, for myself more than 10 times because two kids in the system let's say they're out each three times a year for a sickness that's six one has a cough i send in a negative vaccine negative COVID test you know that's seven and three times going out for a doctor's appointment that's over 10 times you know i you're the communications expert i'm not but you know i was thinking maybe just something more specific in the question of have you contacted the um, send you know FCCPS school for a reason other than attendance right. or um you know a, a doctor's appointment or something along those lines? I don't think
9: it's standard and needs to be done
7: exactly because I mean I you know, you know th- everyone's got a sniffly nose, Absolutely. and you know I'm sending in negative tests all the time.
9: Uh, <laughs> to get well, them that's, that's great feedback too. Thank um, you very much,
7: yeah, and secondly, um I, you know, I, I know this. The last time we did this questionnaire was 2009. You said so that's 14 years ago. Um, yeah. You know, are, are, I, you know, it would. I, I hope that we don't. The next one is not in 14 no. years from now. <laughs> um, so basically, what is the? Is there a plan? I, I like how you said that you want to do a focus group for the non-English
9: speakers. Right. We're talking with uh, Paul Swanson right now uh, to, to set those up.
7: Okay. Right. Um, And then additionally, are we going to have some sort of focus group or plan for JTP and secondary schools of, you know, you said you wanted more information. What specifically are you looking for? And I think it was Dr. Ortiz that was mentioning it. Maybe it's not, you know, more email, but what's in the email, maybe, you know, we just don't know what more information means. Okay. So, just some you know something to
9: look at. I don't know. Well, we're definitely going to meet with each of the schools and and start the conversation on the websites because that clearly is is uh, one of our Achilles' heels here. And uh, we've got so much information that I mean so many pages are going up on our website, but they're not organized. We need to figure that, figure out that nut, and then um, just uh, see where that follow follow where the trail leads. I guess. And, and,
7: and nothing's perfect. But you know, overall, it looks like we're doing pretty well. Yeah. So thank you.
9: Thank you.
8: Ms. Tice. Uh, yeah, I'll just follow up on that. Um, I'm sorry that you waited 14 years to get such good feedback. Um, I mean, there's so much good info here. You shouldn't have had to wait 14 years to hear that. And I'm sure it's also motivating to see where the weaknesses are to know where to focus your efforts. You know, I just appreciate you just tackling head on the few things that need need to be addressed. Um, I'm sure that that feels good to get have direction on where to go next um, with somebody who's working so hard with so much success. This is a very tiny question that is probably more for, I don't know if, if Dr. Noonan or somebody else, but in terms of the response time, um, I would never want to, any teacher to feel pressured to email back in 15 minutes or even 12 hours necessarily. Is there a, a an unwritten or a written expectation across the board or is it school by school in terms of, I think it would be helpful even for parents to know, it is reasonable to expect 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever this sort of general standard is? Yeah,
6: I, I don't know that we've ever publicized a general um, uh, standard, but we try to work from the 24-hour guideline as best we can. Um, of course, teachers are super busy <laughs> throughout course, the day yes. and, and then have students after school and then are off contract. Right. Um, so it is difficult sometimes for them to, to catch up. But uh, we do try to try to get back to people as quickly as we can within 24 to oh, 48 hours.
8: I, I, oh, absolutely. I mean, I've almost never had a problem. I almost do hear within 15 minutes or three hours or some, some cr- crazy uh, short amount of time. But I don't know at what point, but it might be helpful to communicate to parents. You know, a, a, a reasonable expectation is X and remember they're humans and they get weekends and all of that. But if if they if they were ever feeling you know sort of under the gun to be you know too fast
6: usually our our parents are pretty good about bringing it to our attention if someone's been slow in responding and we haven't gotten many of those it it typically escalates up to the assistant principal principal and then it's sort of handled and taken care of um, and so we, we actually don't see those kinds of issues here um, that come from the schools. So I think our teachers, by and large, are doing a pretty pretty good job about it.
8: Oh, I, I agree. I just don't want them to ever feel too pressured. I, obviously there's exceptions,
0: but in general. Thank you, Ms. Tice. Vice Chair Gould.
2: Um, a question uh, that a uh, part of the community that was um, interested in connecting with the schools is the folks that, you know, kids have already graduated or um, I know a number of community members have talked about, you know, folks that have. Kids have left the school system, you know, even a couple decades ago, but they just want to keep connected with the schools and given our community and our culture of our community, um, any ideas or thoughts, or how do we do outreach if someone wanted to find out how things are going? Not from the morning announcements. I think that's probably too much information, but is there any thoughts about that? Uh,
9: We have an alumni website uh, that is or isn't uh, maintained very, kept updated, you know, I guess. There, that would be a, a thought to create a, a, an alumni website where you then as an alumni alum could uh, could log in and put your information whether or not you would like to be contacted or what your Facebook page or what your Twitter handle that sounds like a, a really cool idea to keep up with the, your former classmates and that kind of thing uh, but right now we don't have anything uh, quite like that we do have like I said the uh, alumni website it, it is uh, um, it is, it's good, good information in, good information out, that kind of thing. But again, it wasn't updated for for a number of years. Um, and just to I'll clarify,
2: also, just real, uh, oh. it's more of like also parents of alumni of kids. Right. You know, like the fact oh, okay. that like we're getting yeah. morning announcements and we know what's going on. Right. But I think there might be a question about. You know, what they want to keep it connected to some degree, but not in mm-hmm. the daily
6: routine. I was just going to add that we've tried to use the Falls Church News Press in the past as okay. well. Um, so, for example, last year we had a student intern that was um, helping us in the spring um, develop a one page and we paid for the advertising for the one page and that was kind of a nice opportunity for the rest of the community. Yeah to, to hear it got a little expensive and then um, the, the student got really busy so so John um, <laughs> became the designer of the page uh, for part of it but um, you know I I just th- th- that's one way that we've yeah. been able to do it and I think Mary Beth and her outreach with the uh, Chamber of Commerce um, and businesses and BIE and, and some of those as well
9: I think the Ed uh, Foundation would like to keep up with the alumni too you know? yeah. That's <laughs>
6: Uh, as far as
1: outreach to the community, I do keep lists of all of those community groups, the A.W. and the Village Preservation Improvement Society and CBC, so they're all included on a lot of these messages that we're sending out as well. Okay. Um, but an individual who just wants to keep up, we haven't narrowed that one down, but that is a, that's important to make sure we're keeping track of everybody. Thanks.
6: Can I go back to the question that Ms. Um, Tice asked? I, I just want to clarify, and I, I sort of soft-pedaled it a little bit because I worry about the pressure on teachers, but we do have it in our employee handbook that they have to respond in 24 hours.
0: Thank you, Dr. Noon. Any other questions or comments? Uh, I'll just throw one comment out there. Um, you know, what I thought it was interesting looking at from school to school to school You know, if people were satisfied and you saw there's a little bit drop off at Meridian. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I think when you're at the elementary school level, you get um, emails from the principals and then you also get an email from your teacher at least once a week. And then as you get into MEH and Meridian, you don't hear from the teachers anymore. So I think that's, um, I think that's for, for, you know, I think the idea is there that you're you're, students can tell you what's going on right. but for if, if they're anything like my children who come home and say fine it was fine um so i don't know you know dr New, not to put anything more on the teachers but you know it might be something to throw out there that you know it might be nice once a month to get a quick update from classroom teachers at the secondary level you know and and not to you know if it's too much i'm not trying to create but um you know i, I do sort of miss that um I, and i know that my meh student i do get um an email from his civics teacher and it's very very detailed um and so i don't even i'm not talking about something that detailed but just even maybe big picture or maybe quarterly <laughs> you know as it maybe the quarter kicks off this is what's happening this quarter or something like that
6: yeah,
2: um yeah i'd like to dig
0: into that yeah i don't and i'm not yeah. trying to push more on the teachers but that might be some of that disconnect i feel like um, yeah and i also I, I, I agree and i think some
6: of it also can be the additional swath of activities and athletics that happen in the high school <laughs> so, Parent might be going on, and this is kind of one of those things in the survey that we'll do next time. It's like, where are you missing some of this information? Mm-hmm. Is it from the classroom? Is it from athletics? Is it from activities, etc. Because then we can get more granular. Right. Because um, I, my suspicion is that it may not be the classroom teacher. It might be, you know, I need to try to find the schedule for my kids' practice, mm-hmm. or am I? I'm trying to find the schedule for the next concert, or where. Where am I supposed to post right, you know, right, right at six o'clock in the morning for the mulch, you know, the mulch event or things like that? So, I do think there's just more layers mm-hmm. of, of stuff that mm-hmm. goes on at the high school that can contribute to that. So, I do want to dig under it though. Because mm-hmm. I think we, could, we could learn a little bit from, uh, from, from doing some discovery, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a nice thing.
0: yeah. And again, not to just not to Long put any more in the not. teachers, but maybe. Just sort of a quarterly outlook or something. Sorry,
6: like that. my microphone was off. But I, you got what I said.
0: <laughs> yeah, but again, just you know, just sort of a you know, um, again, not trying to, but it, it would be nice as, as the quarter's coming up, sort of to say like, oh, this is what's coming up for you know, this class or that class or what have you. Um, so thank you. And um, one of, I'm sorry. Can I yes. Can, can I tag onto that?
5: One thing I recommend to my friends, and some say no, I don't want that because then I'm good at for all my kids. But one thing I find. Very helpful is I get a once a week on Friday's Schoology update I signed up for it somehow I get this and it I don't know how Schoology decides what you see but in there are the assignments that are due each day upcoming things and then sort of select messages and I think the messages are like specific to my kid because it's coming from the band teacher Mm -hmm. it's coming for some from sophomore counseling and it's it's a, I, a useful place to get information. And I wonder, you know, I don't have I, my kid doesn't play a team sport. Like if you were a team sport in your Schoology update, do you then also get, oh, this is coming up. There's this practice. This is where mulch is. I don't know if that might be a useful tool. I, I find it to be helpful. And and I find that m- many of my friends don't know about it. And I mm-hmm. tell them to sign up for it. But then I can't remember how I signed up for it, mm-hmm. so.
0: Thank you, Dr Dimick. Um. So uh, yeah, and just, I I, I agree with that. I guess, I don't know, and I'm not being very eloquent. I think uh, I'm talking about communication, I'm not being eloquent. Um, Yeah, I, I you know, for me, I think the academic piece just sort of big picture, like, so we can, hey Matthew you're talking about this and, you know again not trying to but I just think it helps mm. engage with your high schoolers if you know better more what they're talking about. And sure. I'm I,
6: happy to look into that. Okay thank
0: you. Yeah. Uh, okay and then um, the other thing Dr. Nguyen we talked about um, it's been whatever 14 years like do you see I, I believe we're we talk I think we have in policy. I don't know we talked about doing parent surveys I think every other year what do you, what do you have any sense of for like a communication survey, like every couple years so we don't end up, you know, 10 years from now, we do another, you know, I, cause I think this has been very valuable. And I think we could do it more often. I know no, there's I a cost great. to it.
6: Yeah. We, um, you know, we do the student, um, and staff survey every other year. We do the, we'll do the parent survey other every other year. Probably want to consult with John to figure out and then maybe work with the net NA- Nespra, which is the national education schools communication group mm-hmm. to figure our, or, um, to figure out what the right timing is, um, but I, I would see us not waiting <laughs> another you know more than a decade to do this again. So I, I would say probably in the next three to five years it would make and, a lot of sense.
9: And I would I would just say if there was a question that we really want to know, we could probably add it to the mm. the mm-hmm. uh, the parent survey mm-hmm. as, as well to go ahead and get information before we do a full out another rollout of a communication survey.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true i mean and one thing i would um you know it's interesting because we talked a lot about pushing communication out and so um i always think it's interesting is how do we and it sort of goes to the point of um Beth Connolly's um wonderful flyer that that was sent out but do we do a good job helping parents figure out how to effectively communicate back and so you know that could be something that might be a question for a parent survey or what have you but you know I think we all take at least I do that you know I often have friends call well I don't where do you and I say you start with the teacher then you go to the assistant you know and try to like help people figure it out and so I think sometimes people you know automatically go straight to Dr. Noonan or straight to Valerie Hardy and that's not and so I I wonder sometimes too if there's like something that we could really approach on that like how how do we help our parents effectively communicate so that they can get their questions answered
6: more quickly that's that's exactly right and and part that's exactly right, and part of our strategic plan is that two-way con- communication, and so the two feedback loops that John was talking about right. is at least the start. Right. But uh, I I do think um, there's there's more that we can explore mm-hmm. for sure. Great.
0: Any other questions or comments? Well, Mr. Brett, thank you. This is very engaging and uh, exciting, and you can see we all really this is a fun subject for us because I think we're all, both as parents and as school board members, uh, communication is a big part of our role. So we really appreciate that. And I I did, I had it written in my notes and I forgot to say that uh, I just want to personally thank you. I know I've said this before, but um, the way that you summarize the school board meetings and you have all the links and the morning Mm -hmm. announcements. You know, I, I, no one can ever claim that they don't know what's going on because you've really been able to, people can find just that conversation and click on it. You do such a nice job really summarizing things, putting the agenda out there. You know, we don't have, as a school board, we're sort of helpless. You don't have a way to naturally communicate with the community. Um, and so just having you um, be able to both put the agenda out there, like today was a perfect example last night I presented to the city council, there was a little write up in there and I got a couple of comments about that. I don't think people even understood, you know, the budget process and that we present, you know, and so just having something like that in there, I think sparks conversation and engagement, mm-hmm. um, but but really the those, the video of the school board and, and you being able to I can't even imagine how much time that takes to section that off um, and just having that, you know, in, in the inboxes the next day is incredible, and it really helps us engage in, in with the community. So thank you very much. For I'll
9: that. just say we have analytics on how many links got clicked. So <laughs> if you ever want to know what the popular part of your <laughs> your meeting is,
0: <laughs> so well I know that our the school board's popular part is the adjournment. I'm probably not. <laughs> no, but uh, th- thank you. Yeah, that actually might be an interesting stat at some point to look at which which topics. So I can I can assume I I would know which topics got more. Uh, Clicks, but um, but thank you again, Mr. Brett. We really, um, you know, we really value you as a partner, and we couldn't do our job without you. So thank you so much. I'm
9: honored to work with uh, with this tremendous staff and uh, and for such a a tremendous board. And uh, thank you very much for your time tonight. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. And you heard it. We're going to have another survey coming up. You don't have to wait 14 more years. You heard it here. (laughs) So uh, we are going to now move on to uh, 14.01 FY24 budget discussion. And um, Ms. Michael, I can't, I know there's a couple of questions on here from city council from mid-March. Did we ever publicly go over those at all?
1: We did not. So they had asked the questions after our last um, budget work session. Okay. So with the timeliness of their budget coming up, we went ahead and provided them to city council on the 13th so they had them at their meeting. Um, and then they were just shared with the school board um, via email, but not publicly reviewed. Um, so those were the last questions, number 33 th- through
0: 35. OK. Did anyone have any questions about those questions from city council or any of the answers? No. OK, um, I will, if you think, if you have any, just pop your hand up. Um, I wanted to just go over real briefly uh, the but from I referenced last night, uh, Dr. Noonan, and uh, well, thank you for everyone who was able to attend last night, and um, thank you to Ms. Michael and Ms. Kopick as always for for the great work on the budget. Um, Ms. Michael and and Dr. Noonan and I, um, along with the school board, were uh, present last night at the city council meeting, and uh, Dr. Noonan and I presented the budget along with uh, Mr. Shields, who's our city manager and um, just to kind of give a summary for that for those who didn't watch the presentation uh, we just thanked or I thanked the uh, general government and the city council for their partnership especially when it comes to the revenue sharing agreement and I'm I'm looking at Ms. Marybeth Connelly in the audience here and she was integral in getting that revenue sharing agreement on paper um, which you know for years it hadn't been really uh, drawn out in any detail and so now now it is and so thank you Ms. Connelly for your leadership on that. Uh, we talked about I talked about um, the budget, how our budget's really tied to the strategic uh, focus areas of our strategic plan, and then uh, again brought up, talked about the revenue sharing agreement and the fact that um, when revenue comes in over what the projection is, that extra revenue is supposed to be split 50-50 between the schools and the general government. And so originally the guidance in December was 4.2%, but it looks like that's going to be coming in higher. So last night, this is, um, I think the first time I was talking to Dr. Noonan, um, this was something new for us. We came forward with a budget um, that came in at the guidance. The guidance the city council gave us in December was 4.2%. And we presented a budget with a 4.2% increase from the previous year. Um, but because that revenue is now, has now increased over that 4.2%. Last night, uh, city manager Shields, have stated that both the schools and the general government will be at a 5.2 increase, and so this is really exciting for us because um, it's a lot of time in years past. This is something that was done much further down the road, often after the budget had already been approved, and often worn as one term, one-time money. This is really great to have it this early, and being able to work it into our budget and that extra revenue will be pushing towards colas which cost of living adjustments for our staff. Uh, Dr. Noonan talked last night about he did a nice job explaining about how areas surrounding systems how much they are increasing salaries this upcoming year so having that extra revenue and being able to bump up our cola is going to at least make us competitive with our surrounding jurisdictions. So again, just thanking uh, Mr. Shields and the general government uh, for their, their support. And of course, the city council as well. We really view uh, the city council as, as good partners in all of this. So for now, the FY24 budget will be an increase of a 6.1% over last year. 5.2% of that is coming from the locality, from the local taxes. And then 0.9% comes from the state and federal government and grants. And then on April 18th, um, Siegel, the company that conducted our salary survey, is going to present their findings. So that's at our next meeting on April 18th. And we've got currently around, I think Dr. New was about two hundred twenty thousand, two hundred nineteen thousand. Yeah, in the neighborhood. Right? Yeah, yep. um, earmarked for um, the first round of um, salary adjustments based on the findings from that report. And I'm assuming that um, you know we're going to need at least probably two more budget cycles probably to bring us bring um address all the findings in this salary study um it's probably going to be too much money to do in one budget cycle so we'll we'll be getting that presentation in april I oh, know dr noonan or Ms. michael if you wanted to add anything about the budget where we no, are no i
6: just thought you did a great job last night um so thank you for representing the school board so well um and i i think that um you know i was debriefing with a couple of people and both on the council side and on the on the school side and i think all of us agree that it went as well as it could have could have gone and you know one of the one of the values just in the long term of having the revenue sharing agreement is that um, this is now the fifth year in a row where it's it's been very calm you know there hasn't been um, any any infighting um, and the like, and and I think the the other value of doing the revenue sharing agreement is just sort of the openness and the transparency of what the revenue is, and allowing us to to get into the share piece of it. Um, and I think you know this is the first time that um, the the council, as you mentioned, um, will will give the schools more than we requested. But that's the beauty of a of a revenue sharing agreement and there may be years where the revenue goes the other direction and and we're part of that as well so um you know we we also we also understand the back side the back side of that so anyway just great job Ms. michael did you have anything to
0: add no just thank you oh well thank you all i mean it really this is uh it, it's really an honor to present this this budget and you know i think our work that we've done with with you know ms Connolly heading the the um finance committee for the city council and having um, school board members attend that. I think over the years we've had our budget buddies. So I think, you know, we really, um, you know, Dr. Noonan um, coming in, what was six years now that you've been, I think we've really made a a lot, a a much stronger collaborative partnership with our city council colleagues in terms of uh, budget. And, um, you know, I remember when I was PTA president, I think it was Dr. Noonan's first year and that year was a little rocky. But since then, um, you know, we've really, and again, revenue sharing is part of that. Um, It's just been a a great partnership. So again, uh, thanks to uh, the city council and general government and Mr. Shields, especially um, for his his support and, and for general government support as well, the city council. Any other questions or comments about budget? Yes, Ms. Silverman. Um,
7: I'm trying to think back to previous meetings were we getting preliminary results before the final results of Siegel or are we just getting the final results of Siegel
6: you'll get the final results we've been sharing along the way a little bit of information but there's been so much back and forth between files and and understanding what the crush of the time is Um, right now we're sort of at the end so it'll be the it'll be the final results and what what we're gonna bring to you is Uh, We actually met with them today and it will be um, the sort of them reviewing who they are, sort of the methodology for their work, what they discovered in their salary study, and then giving us their best thinking around what the salary scales can look like and then and then we've got some time. We'd like to not adopt them immediately. We'd like to to have some conversations about the adoption of the new salary scales that they're going to propose. But we feel really good about what is sort of coming Um, through this process to help us, one, sort of look at a a more even trajectory of pay for employees over the lifetime of their experience here in in the city of Falls Church, um, and two, bringing some internal and external equity around positions um, in the division and then also in comparison to those five surrounding jurisdictions that we're working with.
7: And um, Chair Dons, you had mentioned the um, extra 1% increase. and you had mentioned um, thinking that would go for colas, just to play devil's advocate here for a moment. Would it be worthwhile to save that money for the compensation study or is it best to go to colas? We, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's this? a great
6: question. Um, the the methodology that we're sort of toying with right now with the compensation study is to pour the, the cola money into the into the compensation study and then give everyone their step. Um, because each person's step is actually going to 90% of the people who step will get a step plus a cola if we adopt the, the, um, the schedules that we're looking at right now. And we can do that by putting the, infusing the money from the cola into um, that, uh, that salary study piece. So we're still working on some details. I'm, I'm probably out ahead of my skis a little bit right now but we are looking at a methodology where we're going to be able to use some of the COLA money to help with the compensation study. Kristen, do you want to add anything to that? I,
1: I think one of the questions that you're asking is when we look at, um, our pay relative to market, right? If we evenly apply a COLA across all the scales, Right. In some cases, if we were above market, we're kind of exacerbating that problem. And if we were farther below in some places than others, we're not correcting where we're farthest below. And Siegel has been really integral in working with us, looking at how can we implement the salary study model at the same time, right? We're We're providing a step and putting in COLA and really trying to creatively use that COLA along with the compensation mm-hmm. study to ensure that we're making the best use where we're addressing those gaps where they're farthest from market where we can and where we're not exacerbating those problems where we're overmarket by just flatly applying the full cola on top.
3: Right.
1: So it's not going to
7: be just a flat cola? So No. It,
6: it, the cola will be applied, but there will be modifications at each step to, it. to make it more evenly distributed across the st-
7: between the two of you, I think I got the answer right. that I was looking for. Yeah, the,
6: the, ma- the big nugget that I want to make sure the board is aware of is that the first thing that we're trying to accomplish is take care of those people that were the furthest outside of market and bring them as close to market as possible. And when we say it's close to market, we're talking between 95% and 100% to market. And I think we're able to do that by doing some modifications in some of the scales. Will we be able to get 100% of the way there in year one? We're still sort of internally battling about that. Um, but I think um, it's gonna be we're gonna make some pretty good headway on it.
7: And that and that makes sense, thank you. I you know, to be blunt, I was concerned about exasperating a problem and maybe not addressing another need that needed to be more addressed more quickly.
6: That, and that would be the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. So, right. Thank yeah, you. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you, Ms. Silverman. Ms.
0: Tice.
8: Uh, i had a question that's just an echo from a question that council had last night but that really combines some of our main topics tonight with our collective bargaining and the um, revenue sharing agreement and i'm wondering if there's a way we can we can clearly communicate you know how those how the interplay between the two will work in terms of um obviously we're still going to honor the revenue sharing and we're in terms of going into negotiations with collective bargaining we're still obviously um all, we can only negotiate within within the revenue sharing agreement and the
6: money that we are that of, we have, right? So if there's the, a oh, way we sorry. can
8: clearly communicate that.
6: Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. And it did come up last night. And one of the values of the uh, collective bargaining resolution agreement that you all adopted tonight is that there is language in there that says that um, we can't exceed what the council gives us in, as part of our revenue share. And so um, if there is a moment where we've negotiated something that does exceed what we've gotten from Council, there's a very brief window of a time, I think it's about a week, that we have to come back to the table and negotiate it out. I think the challenge will be when we come back to the table, what do we do? You know, how are we going to massage that and sort of work it through? And we won't know until we get there, but um, one of the things that we've got to be really clear about, sort of, as a, as a community is what are we willing to give up um, in, in a moment like that where maybe we don't get the, uh, the money we need to do the salary increments and some of the other things that, that we've tried to negotiate through. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things we know in our organization that's a challenge is that because 87% of our revenue goes into people. The only place that we really can go to find money or to pull it out of the system or extract extra cash is through people, and the only way you can take people out of the system is by raising class size. And so, one of the values of the City of Falls Church schools is, you know, we keep our class sizes really low and we're really relational. So, hopefully, we won't get there. Hopefully, with all the building that's going on and the economic development in the city, um, we'll continue to stay strong economically. Um, but there, there may come a time where Um, We'll know, I think, um, at least going in and can probably have some preliminary conversations with the collective bargaining teams. Um, Even though we will have negotiated a three-year contract, I'm I'm fairly confident that we'll be able to work with whomever the the person is that's going to be responsible to say, hey, look, revenue's not coming in where I thought it's coming in. We're going to have to figure something out and probably do some work ahead. to try to cut some of that off at the pass.
8: Right. That all, that all sounds great. And I, um, I think, I, I appreciate that the language is clearly in there. Um, it just wasn't sure if there was a way, if it would be a good one, I want to get back to council with their question and make sure that we've clearly answered their question. I'm not sure if they were waiting for further language on that. And two, it might just be something that's helpful to, to highlight in this very long document um, as we're going into negotiations, just to keep it you know in the
0: forefront of people's Thank you, Ms. Tysia. I think uh, several of us were in the lobby when one of the city council members was talking to us specifically about the collective bargaining and how that affects the revenue sharing and all that. So I, th- I do think, um, e- yes, and, and you know we are um, in that sense a little bit ahead of city council because we all know about our resolution, and, and this is something new to them because they have not gone through a collective bargaining resolution process. So, um, I think I know Dr. Noonan, we had talked about um, Ms. Ms. Minson connecting with the new city attorney, and so, well, and I'm sure Ms. Michael will connect with Ms. Bawa. You know, so, I'm sure you know, we'll, we'll start working on that and, and making sure that they're informed on, on how that all will work. Any other questions or comments? Okay well uh, I think that is it for this evening this is a uh, one of our shorter school board meetings and uh, thank you again uh, Mr. Brett for that really thorough presentation Ms. Conley, thank you for being here Ms. Kopick, and Ms. Michael thank you for all the budget Ms. Minson we brought it over the finish line Dr. Dimick, uh thank you both uh, for your your uh, diligence on that that was a lot a lot of work so thank you both for that. And uh, that's it. And thank you to the rest of the staff for being here this evening. Have a wonderful spring break. And uh, we will see you on April 18th. We're adjourned.